no le pongo tao. Toca lo mismo. This song was currently, that it's currently playing, was stuck in my head for the last three days of this trip <laughs> to Rio because it's uh, by a guy called Chimaya. This is an example of how Portuguese does not make any sense as a language. Um, the, the Portuguese, just for reference, is um, uh, first of all, it's the best thing Portugal's ever done. I mean, like they should just call it Brazilian. Like, I mean, yeah. there's like Portugal is now just an insignificant country that happened to have given its language to like a vibrant country. It, it's pretty amazing people. that Portugal just spawned this this massive <laughs> and and, the, and that this like one other random country that is like a 200 million people and yeah <laughs> and speaks its language. But anyway, Portuguese is basically like kind of a mixture between Italian and Spanish. If you then you mix Italian and Spanish. You add, like, you double the amount of phonemes in the word, drop a random number of those syllables, yeah. and then get, like, a drunk Russian guy to pronounce it. That's what, in my <laughs> mind, it's always, like, Russian or German or some, some kind of, like, it has some kind of weird Eastern influence when I hear it. I'm like, this it's doesn't because sound, they have a yeah. lot of shh, 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 shh. Oh, the, the, ca- it, the karaoke yeah, yeah. accent uh, it has a lot of shh. For example, uh, you know, the, the currency is the real, mm-hmm. but they call it the hey Oh, the heyal, heyal, but it's the plural. R-E-A-L, yeah, 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 and the cur, the um, plural of it is heyage, in heyage in the karaoke in in like a Sao Paulo accent would be heyeyes, heyeyes. So the the Rio people, um, ha- they do the sh- 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 Everything has that. There's a bar in Rio that's a chain called the Belmonte, and they call it the Belmonte. Belmonte. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> well, it's like yeah, yeah. And and the the song is about it's called Aoleme or Doleme Ao Pontal, but he pronounces it Doleme Pontal. <laughs> <laughs> like just no, just again, like just drop a random number of syllables, and, and they just jam that into <laughs> yeah yeah. And it's and it's about how the beach area, like the coastline that is that defines Rio, is like the best part of the world. Well, uh, but it's extremely catchy, and it got stuck in my head. Is um, that true though? Would you testify that it, uh, is? it was pretty damn close to true? It was. Some of the most epic beach I've ever seen. Nice. Um, I went to Prianya. Uh, uh, Prianya. Um, which uh, apparently another port, like Brazilianism is that they take um, they they diminutize everything. Okay. So you know Praia, uh, praia like yeah. Playa. Yeah. Oh, it's uh, like Playita. Like yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But it actually is a very little beach. It's um, it's just. I mean, it's 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 probably like about 500 yards wide or something, mm-hmm. but it's surrounded by natural like a, a mountain. It's it's incredible. That's awesome. The beach the beach there is insane. Nice. And it's always warm. Um, it's like basically tropical, but as we, as we're staring down the barrel of our next nor'easter, and I came back just in time for nor'easter number four. Yeah. Uh, oh, Jesus. In March, this lousy March weather. I'd rather be dodging muggings in Rio than uh, than uh, sitting here getting ready to make a plow again. Yeah. Um. Would, but you did say you said you got harassed though too. You definitely felt like. On, do you want to talk about that on cast? Yeah, 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 sure. I mean, like, it, uh, yeah, it, it was. Um, uh, th- I mean, so Rio is an amazing city, but it's kind of a fallen city to some yeah. degree. Um, you know, we we take for granted here, like for as much as we complain about. Um, oh, welcome to the license. Button. Oh yeah, it's uh, <laughs> episode back. episode thirty four. We're yeah. back. Yeah, uh, they know a Syndergaard of episodes. He's. Thor, right? Yeah, he's Thor. Yeah, 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 yeah. But anyway, yes. I mean, like, so it, it's you know, for as much as we complain about, you know, the how sh- everything is shitty here and all this stuff, like, it's you realize what the difference is between living in a society that where things are just getting better 
mm-hmm. over the course of years and decades uh, versus a place where they're getting worse. And yeah. Brazil is, um, you know, they, they, they had a, a very resurgent like a decade ago. They thought things were looking up, and then I think the price of oil crashed, and they had a bunch of, they had a bunch of political scandals, and I think they also are being um, played by. I think there's a, a widespread uh, like push to kind of export American style conservative media to Brazil, and, oh, and it's turning the, it's making the politics very poisonous. Yeah, which is partly why <laughs> they ended up uh, prosecuting like all these politicians in the car wash scandal and stuff. Oh, the, I, I mean it's corrupt, but like it's fucking Brazil. Like everything's corrupt. Like, right. They didn't do anything that was you know completely on uh, outside the the pale of what had been done before. Right. But they decided that this was the you know this was the moment for this, and I think it had to do with kind of this like. I think politics in Brazil are going to get a lot worse. Yeah. Anyway, the point is is that over the last couple of years, the security situation has been deteriorating. Uh, before I got there, there was like a lot of gang violence. Like on the highway from the airport, uh, there was like they they put up this gigantic wall to so that you couldn't see the favela next to it. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was like complexo. Some I forget which one it was. But then certain of the panels were shot out, <laughs> and you could see the favela behind oh, it. Oh boy! <laughs> and it was like, ooh, <laughs> and, um, that doesn't bode well. Especially, I I hate that. That's like when I landed in Buenos Aires, and then on the the highway from the airport to Buenos Aires, I you just see one building that clearly looks like a bomb just like blew up in it, and you're like, oh boy, yeah. <laughs> I just signed up to be here for six months, and you're like, like on the way from the airport, you're like, huh, some stuff has been relatively recently blown up, or has blown up a while ago, and nobody. Did Let's just hope this it. was insurance. When you, well, when do you think the height of so like Brazil? So it's on the decline. Do you think as of ten years ago, or where, where no, was the perception of a couple like, of years ago? Like, I mean, it was already on the way. They started put it this way: by the time they got between the time they got the Olympics and had the Olympics, that's when that's when it started. started. Yeah, yeah. That, that seems to always happen. That's why it's like it jinxes you or something like that. You're like, yeah, we're definitely on the up and up. Things are going. Well. It's not it's a, a it's not a fucking mystery why. It's because the it, the International Olympic Committee chooses places that are like you know, ready for their bis- big first showcase. And right. half the time it doesn't really, you know, the ride to yeah. global world-class prosperity is bumpy. Yeah. So, I mean like, but, but so Brazil, it was a fucking awesome time, but it was, it's a, it's a real ass city. Like it, I, I, um, I did not walk through any favelas. I wanted to, but I was uh, too lazy. But I, I, but I was passing one, but I had my phone and, and money in there. Yeah, so yeah. things getting, you don't want to lose. <laughs> yeah, and I, I would even have been willing to do that if I, I mean, if I was wearing just shorts and I would carry like fifty hayage in my pocket. Yeah. and uh, and like wait basically to get mugged and like explore the right. favela. You know, I don't think you necessarily would get mugged. Like I've heard of people. There are Airbnbs there, for example. Uh, okay. Um, in Hosinia. Uh, which had a shooting, a shootout with the police the day second day before I left. But there are favela. I mean, and people stay there and they're fine. What so. if that was like an Airbnb? You know how Airbnb does like Airbnb experiences now, like hosts do experiences. <laughs> they're like going to do a favela shootout. It would be even better if it was one of those things where it's like you know a blindfold package deal for you and your spouse. Like, <laughs> give us this money and then you'll show up at the airport and we'll tell you where we're going. And it's like, oh, we're going to. Vidigal, oh Uh-oh, boy! <laughs> I was actually going to go to a party in Vidigal, uh, but we ended up not going for separate reasons. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, like, it's it was so much fun, and it was also um, like not like a fucking Caribbean vacation. It was like this is a real, yeah, informally functioning city, and now it's just like, I mean, the in February they they initiated a military occupation of the police, yeah, uh, which is kind of crazy. Oh, also the first night I was there. 
Uh, Marielle Franco got assassinated. That's the socialist. Uh, uh, yeah, a member of. Uh, she was going to be a mayoral uh, candidate. Yeah, that's what got came out. A, a woman uh, and uh, LGBT black woman too. She was a, uh, she was yeah. a gay black uh, woman from a favela from Mare, and uh, she was basically she was coming out of a of an event supporting the empowerment of black women, and she got assassinated in her car. Uh, and her driver too, and someone survived the the shooting. I don't know what condition they're in, but um, they uh, yeah, it was total. I mean, like it was casings that were sold to the police department in two thousand six oh, were boy. found at the crime scene. Yeah, and she was like a big uh, anti anti cop. <laughs> yeah, she was a, well, she was a big proponent. The Brazilian pol- the real the Brazilian police kill. I think like there was like a thousand, like let's say twelve hundred uh, police murders in the United States in twenty sixteen, yeah. which dwarfs almost every other country. Brazil, which has 100 million fewer people, had like 4,000 oh, wow. police murders of, oh. of people. So the police are like... They're they're doing work. <laughs> yeah. And they have a hard-ass job. I mean, they're in open warfare. Right. Like, I, yeah, I yeah. totally... I mean, Juliana knew... One of her classmates uh, was in on the SWAT team and he got killed when she was in New York. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's just like a, it's just a police state that the, they're kind of... Or they're just in an open police war, police and gang warfare. It's not a police state yet. It was... The, by the way, it, it was. was a police yeah. state yeah. Like, for yeah. 30 years <laughs> until like the 80s yeah but um you know it's not a it's not that way yet but it's it's not it's not going the right direction that, right. that's my point and like i really uh savored I, I never appreciated so much the fact that i would not hesitate to tell anyone not to go explore the parts of manhattan or new york city that are worth exploring due to safety right like if someone i'd be like just walk if you have a day like get lost like you can get a cab there's a subway and you're not going to fear for your safety anywhere even like East Harlem or even East New York, which is like I would never suggest anyone go to East New York. Just but but it's like I go to there for work a lot of the time, and I never feel unsafe. Like I'm usually there during the daytime and all that kind of stuff. But it's like it's it sucks over there. But I, I never feel like my life is ever in danger or that uh you know like those kind of places where you're, I agree that that it is something that we do take take for granted certainly, and that I can just go somewhere and not really really feel like I'm gonna there's gonna be a problem. Totally. And like, and the infrastructure here is so much better. And I think that that contributes to it because it kind of ties together the city more. Right. Rio like I is have a confidence super city. that if I call the police, they'll come and help me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, it's a different place. Um, the, I mean, you know, it was incredible in so many ways. I had a great time. I had a, I had an amazing time. The social aspect of it was awesome. Like I went out in Lapa, Santa Teresa one night. Um, you drink those caipirinhas? I drank so many guy Uh There was, uh, um, the, I mean, the, the food, oh my God. The f- I gained like 10 pounds on this nice. beach vacation. Yeah. Like I, at look, some point. You're st- I, and I'm, you're still skinnier than me. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, I, I'm fighting up against my overweight BMI. If you right ever now. try to go to Rio, you will you will gain 30 pounds. Okay, like, good to it, know. To, to my 10. It was, <laughs> it was so much, so much meat, so much amazing food. Nice. Um, and... Uh, and the people there are a nice mix of like really in shape guys that are basically wearing like thongs in public and fat guys that are just owning it. You <laughs> know, like, and also wearing thongs in public. <laughs> okay, now we both have to go back and I'll be the fat guy who's owning the thong. <laughs> you be the yeah, just skin. camp out on the beach. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was around almost all Brazilians. I mean, there were not cool. that many tourists there. Yeah. 
um, there, I, I encounter, I heard like two people speaking with American accents and one Spanish couple, yeah. Spanish speaking couple. So. It also helps that you like going on a trip like that where you know somebody there is so much better. Like, oh, t- dude, I would having recommend a local tour guide. Yeah, Rio, in my experience in this case, was amazing with someone who actually knew because again, because of the security situation. You know, there were plenty of places where we went. Like, when I went to Lapa, it was kind of hairy getting yeah. there. And, like, you know, walking around, I was like, this doesn't look safe. But then it yields to, like, this, like, one street where it's just this complete bacchanal outside. People pouring nice. in the streets. Dr- obviously, drinking in the streets is legal. And so, like, there's nice. so many vendors and stuff like that. But it works. And, like, the police, it is a police state. But on the other hand, they have these freedoms that I always think that Americans would not be able to handle, you know? Drinking in the street and stuff well, like I mean, that. People handle- aren't puking and fighting and stuff. Like, they're just fun. Yeah, we just quarantined those to, like, New Orleans. And, like, I guess Savannah, Georgia has adopted that now, too. And, like, it, it is something that... I kind of like that New York City in the de Blasio era has has moved to kind of like a quiet acceptance of public drinking. At least in Manhattan, there is like the new change in, in law where they, it's like you can't you you won't get a ticket for it. You will you will get a ticket on the subway, but if you're drinking on the street in Manhattan, it's like there there's a new nuance. You don't just default get a ticket like in the Bloomberg days. You really yeah That's... you can you can sit on your stoop if you cover it and you're drinking it like there or either the police have been told not to not to really enforce it or. Just not act on it. Yeah, that's good to know. Uh, I wish that they had that policy in place when I got my open container tickets back in the day. I know I got my open container ticket in the parking lot at City Field. I was so mad about that. But that's oh my god, that is that's I, egregious. And, oh, that's, that's a, a police state. That's a, that's a different podcast. But I'll, I'm really mad about that one still. Um, Speaking of police states um, <laughs> and the uh, and the police state that we're giving ourselves over to. Basically, uh, there, so there's this this company called Cambridge Analytica. It's a company that was uh, funded by Robert Mercer and his <laughs> mega mind sister Rebecca Mercer. The, the daughter, no, it's his sister, daughter, daughter yeah, his Jesus. daughter with the giant forehead. <laughs> uh, they founded this company a couple years ago. To, uh, it's it's the idea of it is this thing called psychographic profiling, and um, basically they wanted to take like Facebook user data and apply that towards uh, like election. Mm-hmm. Fucking with, yeah, <laughs> manipulation <laughs> to uh, and, election engineering, election yeah, engineering. electoral engineering, yeah. yeah, and um, and so th- what? This was an old story. Like th- this happened. I mean, we we've been talking about Cambridge Analytica uh, for a while. It's not a new thing. It was a scandal when it came out in pre-election. I mean, like they it, it actually was uh, originally retained by Ted Cruz, the Victoria Victor that he was. <laughs> Um, and um, I think a different candidate too. And then Donald Trump eventually hired them when he, he I think when Donald Trump got close to getting the nomination in 2016, they his his dumbass team finally realized, hey, we should probably at least use some <laughs> data analytics. And they retained this t- this company and then they and then they we won the election. Can, we can only use the racism data we've been using for so long. <laughs> but it's they didn't have any data. And, I know that's the thing. And like and actually, I, I have a theory that I think that, uh, and this is not really related to this story, but I, I have a theory that I think that the reason why Jared Kushner developed such a reputation as a whiz kid was because <laughs> he was the one person in that clusterfuck clown car that understood that data was good yeah. <laughs> and, and the idea of using any of it. And so he, he probably, can you imagine if you were the one like 30-year-old, 35-year-old <laughs> who understands the concept of data talking to Donald Trump, how smart he would think you were? Money. 
it's basically how I have a job in IT right now. <laughs> it's basically. Do you work for Denny Donald Trump? Yeah, no, I would just work for. I just work, just be younger than people and have an understanding of computers. <laughs> and guess what? You have a career in IT cut out for you. And it, well, and, and you have like the Israeli uh, Palestinian conflict handed to you, even though you have no security clearance. Exactly. So, anyway, um, so the, what, what, okay, so everything I mentioned is, is old news. What happened this week was that there was this, um, uh, there, there's been a whistleblower recently who came came out, uh, I think in more ways than one, <laughs> and um, he said that like he he finally put it put his name to the idea to, to the statement that like they they were stealing Facebook data that was not supposed to be used. Uh, the company had previously said we're not using Facebook data. It turns out they were, mm-hmm. um, and Facebook had had kind of not denied but been very shady about like you know play like pled the fifth on how their data was being used turns out it was being used uh towards this psychographic profiling and uh and and what actually also happened this week in addition to that was that um i think that possibly because of this story i, I actually don't I'm not positive on the timeline but uh this bbc or this like british news channel did a very shady james o'keefe style sting operation where they like secretly filmed um uh this the ceo of this company turns dis- out Cambridge Analytica funding Acorn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, funding Acorn and all the prostitutes trying to register their babies. Exactly, it comes full circle, folks. I'm they they had they had a a, re, a reporter uh, pretending he was from a Sri Lankan wealthy family and was trying to sway the Sri Lankan election, and so they got this guy, the CEO of this Cambridge Analytica, on camera talking about basically deploying the most cynical tactics in the, in politics. And and again, it's nothing that we didn't know. It's it's shocking to see the video of and like fuck this guy, you know, fuck all these yeah. people, but it, I mean, the stuff he was saying was like, you know, it's no use f- fighting an election on facts. You have to tap into people's fears. And what we do is we stick the bucket down further down the well of their fears further than anyone else using our advanced imaging data, you know. And so that that's the scandal basically. So now People are talking about, you know, like the use of Facebook and, and fuck Facebook and Facebook finally kicked them off the platform. And how do they not know their data is being used this way? And and your stance is kind of my stance, which is like, what did you th- we we are we we have to end. We have to declare an official end to the era of innocence of like this social media data thing. Yeah. I Well, here's the thing. The, I You and I have the privilege of saying this and all that stuff, but I think because also, well, A, you deleted Facebook and B, I'm I, even though I did I, not delete Facebook, you, I deleted you delete, I, I you still delete use the Facebook app from your phone. I still yeah. use it multiple times a week. But multiple times a week. But think about that compared to the average Facebook. Like, I would say the average Facebook user is an A. Now, it's shifted from the time when we were the avid Facebook user. When we were using it and our prime using it, it was we were college students using it as a social network networking platform now it's become a weird way for like wine moms to share memes and racism or like it seems like um so the 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 median age has gone up by like 20 to 30 years um and it's also this whole they use it in a completely different way and they're also this is where again coastal doesn't (laughs) alert incoming uh but it's generally people that are not as skeptical They're they're the same people who wouldn't be as skeptical of like a, a Sean Hannity or Bill O'Reilly type video that was shared on a Facebook platform or another fake. It's like why fake news is a problem. So I think though you and I, I agree, of course this is happening. You and I think that you're like, how did people not know this? Why is this a scandal? Will this even penetrate that group? Who's like the victims of, of this? I don't think so. Um, but I think that's, that's the big story. I think we have to think about is that this, this will go. And the, the mom who's, using Farmville or whatever is not realizing that they're also using that to like convince them that Syrian immigrants are going to come and like murder their children in their sleep or something like that. You yeah. Know, like, like that, like that's they like, s- they send Syrian immigrants to take over your farm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is, it, it's, but like, 
you know, and, and on the other hand, though, it it's like, do you really think that like this Farmville fucking data actually swayed the election? I mean, nah, the yeah. thing that the way that this is being discussed is is this pearl clutching kind of tabloid shock, and I think that okay, it's the end of it's the end of the era of innocence on the one hand. It's certainly the end of the innocence for this developer first idea. Like Facebook is a hacker culture, right? Yeah. And it's kind of gone. It's gone a long way on that. But I think that it's probably going to start finding it difficult as an enterprise to maintain that kind of openness. Um, they basically, like, in order, they, they they kept a very light touch on how their data was used because it was profitable. A, they took a cut yeah. of like thirty percent of all the in-app uh, um, like transactions and stuff, and and so they they basically wanted they wanted more people on it. Yeah. And so in order to attract all these developers, they kind of had this like open API. You know, I work in in fintech, and so I we make fun of the banks for being so slow and old, but on the other hand, by like they have they're doing it because they're have extremely they're extremely regulated and they have a ton of data to protect, very sensitive data. And all data is going this way. Like there's this European law, GDPR, which is going into effect like May twenty fifth, which is going to start treating pretty much all consumer data the way that, you know, pretty close to how like financial data is currently treated. And so I think that the reason that they, they were moving slowly was because they they understood that the burden of, of doing this the right way was extremely high. Facebook did not is not doing that. Facebook basically invented this class of data, this Farmville data, yeah. and and they um, you know aren't being careful with it, and they're going to have to start improvising or, or instituting new uh, like lev- levels of control over this data. And on the other hand, I mean, you know, you work in healthcare, and like you would yeah. love have better access to data. Yeah, the the move fast and break stuff ideology or the, uh, philosophy of doing things is is breaks here for a reason. And they're just like, well, it's just consumer data, right? It's just how people shop online, or it's just how people do this stuff. But now that it's being applied towards a political angle and, and influencing elections, that's where you're like, oh, wait, maybe wait a second here. It is the same. I mean, healthcare is the same as in financials, where it's just like. I mean, it's very personal data. It's very specific. People wonder why healthcare is so far behind, and and we're there's been a lot of strides made uh, to move forward into like the modern healthcare uh, digital world, um, but it's got moved slow because people don't want. If you told people that all of a sudden we would just be unloading their uh, diagnoses and any kind of labs or medical information on on the public the same way that uh, Facebook is doing with their consumer data, there would be riots in the street, and, and for good reason. And like people want that information protected. So, the, so the Facebook model of data um, data ownership is that you basically don't own your your data. You instead give it to Facebook freely and constantly, and then you can decide where they send it. Um, and, uh, you know, there, there, in, in the New York times magazine article about Bitcoin, like a couple of months ago, he made the point that like, this is basically the reason that this stuff is taking off is because they didn't, when they built the internet, they didn't figure out the solution to everything. Like they did figure out this open protocol for email. So mm-hmm. we don't have one single email company anymore. I, I mean, we, we don't have one. It's, it's built into the, the protocol. Right. Um, there's no HTTP like company that you have to pay. Um, and so, but one thing they forgot to build, for example, they, they didn't do a perfect job. And one thing, for example, was a way to tell which human was on the internet. Mm-hmm. And basically this is what Facebook solved. Yeah. Uh, the reason Facebook is successful and there were original attempts like MySpace and stuff, but Facebook basically became the standard format for how to tell what human was on the internet. Mm-hmm. And so Facebook has all this data about you 
and um, there's actually incentives for for different websites to want you to log in through Facebook because they're, they're getting right. other pieces of information that you've already kind of given into this repository. But the point of Benel Point is that you don't own it; it's not sitting right. with you. And so, the, the, what GDPR, uh, this new law in Europe, and I think probably forthcoming data regulations are going to be, is centered around the idea that you should own your data yourself. It sits with you, and you deploy it as you want, as you wish, towards specific ends that you wish. And if someone uses it for a different use, it is regulated that they are now liable to you for something. Okay. Uh, yeah, and th that makes sense. It's tough. I mean, well, it's tough because it's like, I mean, we've also, in the Facebook figuring it out the best way, I guess, to figure out what human is on the internet, they also figure out, looping back to OAuth, the fastest way to incentivize people to OAuth into their app because they realize that they're like, hey, any of these other third-party apps, like, let's just get people immediately the, on the landing page. You just want to see a Facebook link that you can just lock your, your personhood into that and be like, oh, you're signed up already. You don't have to enter in the stupid form where you have to put your email and your address and all that bullshit in there. Like, we've already got that covered for you. Um, so they, they, I mean, it makes sense that they do that. I mean, Google does that too, but... Um, yeah. yeah, and speaking of impulsive, impulsive time saving but wasting shit is there anything more 21st century than the personality quiz online <laughs> like <laughs> well we, we took one on this bike <laughs> we, did, we did i guess yeah. we're yeah now they know we're complicit yeah the i mean we we talked before one time about how uh in underworld lenny bruce's uh fictional joke about how the 20th century feels like a condom yeah <laughs> um the 21st century feels like a personality test because i am existentially bored i have a yearning primal scream to belong and exist but I also am trying to waste time in this moment. So what am I going to do? I'm going to find out about what I am already. Like things I could, you know, things I could find out through like meditation or maybe self-improvement or learning oh, something. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, instead, I'm going to go narcissistic to endeavor. give yeah. my data about my deepest self to this batch. Yeah. This like great it from Wrinkle in Time batch. Thing and then find out what I am. And I need to. I the need fact to upload, this is now being weaponized is like perfect. I know. I need to upload all this information because because I need to know. I needed to know if I was in Gryffindor or Hufflepuff or some bullshit. <laughs> like, and you know that. Like if you just you know <laughs> your you, you know, know your Hufflepuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you, you fucking loser. suck. Yeah. Uh, um, but like I didn't even read the books and I know that's the bad one because yeah, <laughs> it's just the, it's like the the, the other well, ones Slytherin all have is like the bad one. I think Slytherin's yeah. the evil one. Gryffindor's the brave one. Ravenclaw's the smart one, and the Hufflepuff's kind of like remainder. Yeah. I think that they're supposed to be like hard workers, but that's for stupid. It's like they're like Lenny from Mice and Men laborers. Yeah, yeah. I think it's for the dumb the dumb yeah. ones. <laughs> there's okay. a play. There's a stage play called Puff about the like rejects of Hogwarts that are in Hufflepuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, the last thing I want to say about the, the this data stuff is that um, the idea, I don't really understand this story. Like it's a scandal that that politics has devolved to this level, I guess. But, you know, I also, I, I agree, but I, I think that it's the, the, the First of all, this is not yet an explanation for why we got Trump. That's the kind of the way it's being positioned. Like, oh, they used all this psychographic profiling, you know, high tech fuckery. That's bull there is research that was in that a, a great article uh, on the Verge. If you look for it, about why there's there's a lot of research that suggests that psychographic profiling really doesn't work that well. Um, it works okay for marketing. Um, but and and it, but it means it's a very specific thing. It doesn't mean that they're able to target your deepest hopes and fears. The, it, the technology is absolutely not there. The data doesn't exist. I mean, do you think that your greatest hopes and fears are reflected in your Facebook activity? One hundred percent, no. No, and and I also think that it's it's again 
I think it's the consultant class trying to rationalize what happened, and they're doing it in the way that they it, only the only way they know how. They, and it, also, like, yes, totally, it, and it, also to give themselves more tools. Like right now, don't because the, <laughs> then the corollary to this is the, don't you want one of these tools on your side? Exactly, and then you just see the money bag dollar signs like just flying out of their eyes. That's how mouth. they fucking like, fleeced Mercer out of it in the first place, right. selling them this marketing. Dream. And because the, the they and all these people are just like benefiting off the graph that are all these things, whether it's micro targeting or psycho psychographic analytics or whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, it's it's absolutely they think they can saber metrics their way into this and yeah there's like there's a certain level of like yeah more data than less will probably help you but it's not what gave us Donald Trump uh, certainly not like did you see I mean even his own the Corey Lewandowski thing that we all read about him they just, they're just drinking Diet Coke eating pizza and like leaving people at McDonald's <laughs> in like Iowa they were like you know what I mean they weren't there was no plan there was no like the plan was just, and like and you don't need to tell me that Hillary Clinton didn't have equal and opposite kind of people like amounts of money invested whether it was in Facebook or whatever. The difference whatever. was her people actually knew what they were doing and they right. lost. And they lost. Exactly. And they, they lost. They, they, well, they said they knew what they were doing, but did did they really? I mean, there was like well, dysfunction and disorder in their campaign. Not clearly. Absolutely, there was. And, yeah. and But they were very, extremely data-driven. If this stuff worked at all, she would have won. But right. actually, that's a, that's a great point. Like, put it that way. Like, if this stuff actually worked, she'd be president. The, one of the things that, um, they, that has been proven out by research is that in terms of like elections and ideology and stuff are very different from like what uh, ad you want to buy. Right. Um, and uh, this micro targeting stuff is just really not that as accurate as like we fear in this dystopia. Like maybe it will be one day. Like it's fair to say that that could be the case, but it's not yet. What actually sways politics, according to what I read, was um, like voter data, mm. which sort of like exit poll type stuff. Right. And that is what Hillary Clinton's campaign was using. Yeah. So they were doing best practices and they lost. Trump was using, bought, used this, uh, this firm that probably he did only because Ted Cruz, who lost, was using it first. Right. And he realized he needed some kind of data support and then didn't do shit with it, probably. And they just had a great sales pitch where they said enough buzzwords. They were like, we have micro-targeting psychoanalytical data that'll get you everything and we'll tap into this. Yeah. And it's like... Uh, and it's like, and it's not that it's not that complicated of an idea. It's like, oh, do like most middle Americans like hate immigrants and hate the idea that they lost their factory job? And then it's like, <laughs> let, 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 let's uh, let's tap into that. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it doesn't. You, you don't need to be a genius. All you need to do is be outside the Beltway for like five minutes to understand that right. stuff. And and uh, yeah, and like, the, you know, I, I remember a reply all episode recently where they were talking about is Facebook listening to you? And they asked Facebook, and Facebook said. Despite a lot of anecdotal evidence, we absolutely are not taking audio data being input through your phone's microphone and using it in the app. The app does not collect that information. It's not compatible with the app. End of story. And these people believed them, and and they basically then t you know took that as uh, took that answer from Facebook as gospel, and then started trying to prove to people. Uh, that called in and gave insanely, you know, insane stories about how Facebook probably was listening to them and tried to convince them, well, actually, the truth is they're not because we heard it from the company. Basically, they were believing what Facebook told them. Right. And hopefully that also, this is now the other era of innocence that's over. Facebook is lying about what it's doing with your data, okay? Right. It is a, it's a, it's a light touch kind of John Galtian attitude libertarian thing it's this hacker bullshit they're making money off of the the ecosystem of your data that exists fully within their power to stop and um, maybe maybe some regulation will, will force them to but until then 
it's it's the wild west. You're selling your soul to them, and also your soul is not worth that much because I don't think it's actually that close to your soul. Right. Well, the, uh, that's the thing is that it's the, they're selling off all this, and they're just saying, "Well, get while the getting is good." So while they convince people, it's the same deal with like I mean, this is the new age era of like banner ads on the original, like where they're like people in newspapers or magazines online were like, "Oh yeah, we'll just sell you all these banner ad space and all that stuff." Where people do not click through on those, you barely sell anything through banner ads. Uh, it doesn't work. So. Uh, in the same vein, that Facebook's whole business model is relying on, or and other, you know, Twitter for that matter too, is just relying on saying it's like, oh yeah, we can get you the r- the right people that's in front of the right people and all that kind of stuff, and maybe they can to a certain extent, but uh, it's just like it's it's old tricks veiled in a new in a new wig, essentially. Yeah. Um, but sp- speaking of New York liberals, <laughs> <laughs> or New York so-called liberals, so-called liberals, uh, Governor Cuomo might have a little rivalry going on with our friend Miranda. Uh, and now I'm gonna have to watch all the Sex in the City that I didn't want to watch. <laughs> Because uh, progressive Cynthia Nixon, progressive liberal candidate, has just thrown her hat officially into the ring of the New York gover- gubernatorial primaries. For, yeah, uh, and uh, she's actually like a progressive. Yeah, she's a real progressive, unlike the current uh, Governor Cuomo, who gets to, gets to say label himself a progressive, and has certainly put forth progressive legislation, but through uh, New York hybrid LBJ style kind of politicking that like it's a combination of like Tammany style and LBJ I kind of call it of where he's got the old school New York politics understanding how the democratic machine works in New York state and is a hyper corrupt organization he can put up face and act like he's doing stuff to clean up Albany when he was really not and uh, putting uh, putting together legislation that's going to be progressive and in favor of working people in in New York City that's generally not uh, and still getting away with it and still taking big money from people like the coach taking big money from other big donors throughout the city. A lot of Wall Street money goes into Cuomo's campaign. That's why you haven't really seen that much New York State. Even though New York State is the home to the major financial industry, uh, you haven't seen a lot of financial regulation going on, even from the attorney general who seems to be uh, into regulating Wall Street more. There's just not enough firepower behind it. And we're only 10 years removed from the almost the depression (laughs) Uh, and I I think there's a great sign actually on... um, Oh, what street is it on? I want to say on Vanderbilt down in Fort Greene. Uh, it says Octung, here comes the next Great Depression. Have you ever seen that sign? It's no. really cool. It's a really like it's like an artwork. It's a piece of art. I don't know if it's even a sign. Uh, but I am still convinced that's coming because we haven't done anything to fix the problems in our financial system. <laughs> and they're also trying to like repeal Dodd Frank on right a, and Dodd Frank an already toothless bill. They're getting removing more teeth. They're degumming it. Um, okay, but so Cuomo has like seventy five percent support or look. There's a Quinnipiac poll has said that he's probably he's still in the lead, although there's the race is just starting. When is the election, by the way? Uh, it'll be it'll be this fall. Okay. Yeah. So, what well, the prime? I don't know when the primary dates. I are have my own personal reasons for not liking Cuomo, mostly to do with the subway. Um, and by the way, if Cynthia Nixon, I'm sorry. What's her name? Yeah, Cynthia, Cynthia Nixon. Nixon. Yeah. And by the way, if Cynthia Nixon ran on just the strap hangers agenda, I think she would win the governor's election. Oh, I think and I think she's <laughs> going to do that. <laughs> I thank thank God. But what what is the reason why like Andrew Cuomo gets such a bad rap for not being like a real progressive? Well, he gets a bad rap. It's because 
uh, for a lot of reasons. If you're pay- if you pay attention to New York State politics, uh, you would you would understand and know that he's just a Democrat who's he's a Democrat who's really more of like a centrist, definitely from the Hillary Clinton style camp of things, where you can put on on paper you can kind of see where you th- think he'd be labeled as aggressive progressive. He was one of the guys who put forward uh, gay marriage and engineered gay marriage as one of the first states to legalize it. Um, he has a proposed uh, minimum wage hikes which is another another progressive thing uh he he actually came out against um fracking so he had a big fracking thing which is like kind of dubious because there there's a lot of like shady politics going on there um but the reality is that he's he puts forward these things that are like maybe progressive like gay marriage thing is a progressive thing but new york state a state that's already like, like a hard blue state it was it's it's almost a crime that it he capitalized on a, a on a moment realizing that like people did not care about gay marriage is a social issue anymore and let's do this because this is not, this is not this is on the social front i can get some wins here and seem like a real progressive while simultaneously on the economic front i can continue to like uh, <laughs> it's so smart and calculated or like the he took part in a die in recently yeah, which school. is like a parkland post parkland protest for guns yeah meanwhile his running mate is from buffalo and has like an is a democrat but has an a rating from the nra oh yeah this uh, is the and, height of Clintonian and, calculus. And he and he gets to act like he did gun reform in New York State. Part of it was the New York Safe Act, which really didn't do that much. It said it's like, well, you can't get you can't get assault weapons. Well, police police officers and other uh, licensed people can get assault weapons. Uh, it was supposed to limit limit magazine clips. So he went with this like centrist thing where he said you could only have seven bullets in a seven bullet capacity, but they don't manufacture magazines that are that capacity. So, and that didn't even go through now that it's like 10 bullets. And it's like, how are you going to, if somebody has an assault rifle, it's like, is that a police officer going to be like, Hey son, let me, let me check that assault rifle. There better not be 11 bullets in that, in that clip. <laughs> so it's like, cause the, the magazine capacity is more than that. They can just like, cr- like they can have a, a magazine. Attempts to arrest you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so that kind of stuff. The, the, he also, ca- so the real thing, the real like shady thing that he does that he gets away with because he makes it seem like he, well, he's beholden to um, the New York State Senate. Um, the New York State Senate, by the way, has a major is majority Democrat, slim majority Democrat, and the New York State Assembly is hard. The 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 lower house is hard Democrat. So the New York State Assembly puts forward a lot of progressive legislation, like the New York State Medicare for All Act. Essentially, uh, it's the New York State Health Act, I think it's called actually, but it's essentially a universal single payer health care. It gets killed in the Senate, even though they had, the Democrats have a majority in the Senate. There's four senators, state senators in the. Uh, in the Senate that are labeled Democrats, but caucus with the Republicans. And in return for that, they get pork for their upstate. They're essentially up, upstate centrist Democrats. Again, Republicans essentially okay. labeled as Democrats where they get pork to their district. They get some favors from the, from the central government and they get like the part of the state budget that might go to the MTA instead goes to their district. Again, Cuomo also is a big charter school guy. It's like a thing him and de Blasio fight out, fight about all the time. They fought, had a big fight about it. Uh, de Blasio got a win in the sense that he got his, the budget to approve his universal pre-K program. But at the same time, Cuomo then to spite him, uh, essentially took away his power to control charter schools in the city. And so now all the funding for charter schools comes from like the New York State budget. Really? Wow. I think that's one of the things that's made it harder for him to to sign on a school chancellor in the city, which has been a notoriously like black hole kind of position in New York City. Um, the... Uh, so and it's it's a it's a point of fact. It's also the the New York State budget controls the MTA, and then Cuomo gets to pretend like he's like, well, I'd love to I'd love to help you out, but it's he my only hands comes are tied. in when any when something good is happening, and then right. when anything bad is happening, like the A train is 
running off the rails. And frankly, having waited for the A train recently, uh, I would rather be on a derailed A train than wait for it yeah. for 25 minutes. Just yeah. wondering, where's the A train? Where's the A train? Right. A la Pucci. Like, he, yeah, he, he, like, he got a lot of credit for the He's second. nowhere to be found in those cases. Like, the Second Avenue subway, a lot of money was diverted. He had a fucking ribbon cutting for that. Right. And, then a, and then a month later, when that A train derailing happened, he was like, well, actually, I, I, I don't really have authority you know what state of emergency and yeah. then we that partly spawned us to podcasting right thanks cuomo <laughs> thanks cuomo you've launched us into this this quixotic adventure that is podcasting this extremely profitable enterprise in which we are engaged absolutely um anyway so but so he sucks so cuomo so sucks he just the point is that he is a i mean he's somewhat shrewd politician is particularly for new york because you have to do that because it's just a corrupt state i mean he's also avoid managed to avoid being pinned for corruption because he like well, even though the people around him joke from coco well uh, yes yeah, so, so his ex-campaign manager he, he's not available this time because he got nailed for bribery yeah when was she also i'm gonna get it wrong we'll have to fact check it but I I think that when they're naming like the bribes instead of calling it oh, like openly called it bribes they would call it like we're gonna need a lot of like lasagna or pasta. <laughs> oh, I'm not kidding. The, it might it might be a different form of pasta or maybe spaghetti and meatballs. I'm not sure. It's like comically <laughs> like it's like the, the the vernacular the code word for bribe was yeah comically Italian pasta thing. Yeah. Um, um, but also, uh, didn't he launch a anti-corruption probe that then got Which, turned on him, and he was like, oh, I don't like this anymore, and then he shut it down. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, that's that's exactly what happened because it was it, he wanted to get a record for cleaning up Albany, but then it was it was a powerful, it was the most powerful anti-corruption uh, committee in New York State, and then he just shut it down because he was just like, well, this this it, might hit a little too close. It got, it, I think it did. Uh, that someone suggested that he might be caught up in it, and then it just went away. Yeah. Like yeah, welcome to New York State politics. So I, <laughs> so all right. Well, welcome to New York State politics, Cynthia Nixon, because yeah. she's a progressive. I mean, yeah, she's like an out of touch Manhattanite, but who gives a shit? Like, she, we're, we're all Mirandas. We today. are hardworking. And, yeah, and I mean, like, she's just got like it, it's it's a it's a sort of Bernie Bernieish. Actually, what it is is a De Blasio message. It's a De Blasio um, message, and and, yeah. and I, I I'm mostly happy about the idea that. Because Cuomo's probably going to try to run for president. Yeah. And I really like the idea that um, he's going to be distracted and take a huge battering So in this primary so that by the time the Democratic, the national primary comes around, he hopefully will do... Will fare poorly enough as a result of this that he won't make it to the, like the final. He uh, was he was already going to fare poorly, and now this is going to like even if Cynthia Nixon doesn't win, which she probably won't, but I kind of hope she does a little bit because she's forcing the party to the left where it should be. Like even Cuomo will even go on a record like he says like he oh I had a Bernie endorsed plan for universal New York State education. It's called the New York State Excelsior Act, but it's the most means tested thing in since the history of means testing. You have to be in New York State. You have to exercise like every other federal grant that you have to apply for and do like 10 million hours of work to get. You also have to, um, you have to live in New York state four years after you graduate. So if you get a, like a, a free SUNY God. education, you become an indentured servant and then they will come at you and they'll be like, you, you owe us. Like if you leave and move to a job in like Pennsylvania or California, you get like get a job somewhere else. So like that kind of stuff where it's like a Cynthia Nixon is capitalized. And the best part is, I mean like why she'll, I think she'll have more success than people are predicting and all the Nate Silvers of the world predict and the Quinnipiac polls can't tell you for the same reason that Bernie was successful or even de Blasio's successes tapped into that even before Bernie's where it's like, look, they're giving you a message that resonates with people. And Cynthia Nixon has the fortune of being kind of similar to, you know, de Blasio as public advocate. So it was a, it was a position where he kind of just was like, 
on the sidelines just observing the kind of crappy stuff that was going on in New York City Council and in the New York in New York City in general. Uh, Bernie Sanders has always been just like this radical senator for, from Vermont, and finally he reaches a moment where his message is resonating with people. So he's kind of had like a clean and consistent record and hasn't been doing like politicking the way that like Cuomo has been doing. And so Cynthia Nixon, same way. She's just a celebrity who is invested in these kind of progressive politics and hasn't been tainted by like the dirty dirtiness of a a career in politics, the same way that Cuomo or Hillary Clinton was. And it's actually, to be honest, I mean, Donald Trump has a certain different dirtiness associated with him, but he hugely benefited from not being like an inside the beltway or inside like running as an outsider can work. Yeah. We know that now. Yeah. And also, Working your way up through the ranks and attracting a ton of skeletons in the closet along the way does not always work. No, I mean it can. It has historically sometimes, but it doesn't. It's not. It's no silver bullet. There's there's a great quote from uh, some uh, pollster who was saying like he said that voters are uninterested in celebrity leaders in the current political climate and prefer candidates who can quote counter what they see as the chaos of the inexperienced. No, they want people who are going to represent their ideology. That's right. what the lesson is. Yes. Not that we 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 want our own vibrant, inexperienced candidate, not someone who's like, well, he's probably killed someone. You know, like <laughs> at least if someone attacks him, he'll probably be able to kill them too. Like, yeah. No, we don't need those politicians anymore. No. Yeah. In, in the age of like you know yeah, we'll, uh, like in the in the age of in the post like. Uh, cable news kind of era and in a Twitter and and Facebook kind of world where you can just share and directly engage with your constituents there's no need to filter through this like like savvy media thing where it's like if you're just saying stuff that people want you'll, yeah. like that then it'll resonate with them and they'll vote for you like um that, I mean that's what that's Trump's whole game plan it wasn't a, this psychoanalytics he's like uh what do people want <laughs> they want jobs and they want not those jobs to go to immigrants even if that's true <laughs> whether that's true or not that I I'll say that you know like um, so the next in the same way will appeal to New Yorkers, you know, like they're like, hey, look, Albany's stealing a bunch of money that could be going to fixing a, a to fixing a subway that is and in the city that is the main driver and giving and all our tax revenue is going to these defunct cities Preach. in upstate New York. Yeah. So it's like so they're they're stealing wealth from us while we pay taxes and, and don't have control over the main like economic engine that keeps the main source of revenue in this state going. Uh, so like I'm sorry, the rest of New York State, but you don't get to to ride off of our uh, wave anymore. <laughs> All right, so uh, I think I'm gonna let's let's have t- uh, the the dulcet tones of Chimaya. Chimaya. Well, let's get taken out by the the t- sweet uh, '80s Brazilian funk of Chimaya and uh, Rio. Hopefully, I will be returning to you one day soon. I have two years on my visa, so um, or as they would say it in uh, Carioca, Bijou. <laughs> 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 Wow. Uh, anyway, uh, Brian, next time I'm taking you with me, and we're both going to yeah, man. together. Uh, I'd like to go see a soccer game. Football. Oh, dude, the level of soccer that I saw was... Uh, all right, well, we'll talk about that a bit in a day. Incredible.